Hey, this is Dusty. So uh, you might notice in this episode my audio is not quite up to the standard that it's been for the last couple. Uh, messed up while recording and realized I was using the wrong microphone as the recording device, and I didn't notice until about 10 or 15 minutes into the recording, so uh, sorry about that. Uh, it does fix itself, so hope you don't mind too much. Have you no hope at all? And do you really live with the thought that when you die, you die and nothing remains? The Sad Boys Book Club. My mom died today. Did you read the Or yesterday, maybe. Standing on the beach with the book in my hand. Magic 8 Ball Merceau says, I don't think so. I'm alive, of course, but I'm also dead. I'm the stranger, doing a podcast. Hello. Thank you for joining me today here in beautiful Paris, the city of lights, where we are taking in the sights of the Louvre and the Eiffel Tower. We are smelling the delicate smell of the French patisserie. We are regaled by the cacophony of gunshots as John Wick fights like 100 guys over by the Arc de Triomphe. I, Daniel, and Dusty are here to take you on a journey of literature, a journey of absurdism, a journey through Albert Camus' The Stranger. Now, as you sit here listening to this, wearing your beret, smoking your short cigarette, (coughs) you must be thinking, what do these guys know about absurdism? And to that I say, every day when I look in the mirror, It's, yes, truly, truly an absurd life. The life of a man. The life of mankind. The life of a murderer. All of these things and more to be discussed herein. Welcome to the Sad Boys Book Club. My name is Dusty. And I'm Daniel. And we're talking about The Stranger by Albert Camus. I've never read this book before. Yeah, this is actually uh, my first reread here in this um, this little series that we've done here. Um, I first read this book, I want to say it was, and I don't know, I want to say somewhere like, Eight to ten years ago, I think, is when I read it. Um, I actually never didn't have to read it for a class. Um, I just I was at, at the time uh, I, I was a, I was still a student, and I'd heard about you know things like uh, absurdist philosophy, uh, things like existentialism, and I was not like I was kind of like, what is that? You know, what are those things? So I, th- this was one of the things I was reading when I was kind of. Uh, kind of learning about those things. Is this is this a book that does get um, assigned to, to to literature readings? I, I imagine this might be a college thing. I can't imagine they would do it for for high school. I mean, well, we we went we both went to the same high school, so I, I don't know. I mean, I think our our curriculum was pretty good, but I don't know. Maybe maybe in a more 
rigorous or maybe like arts oriented high school you know you know how they have like magnet schools for like the arts and stuff maybe something like that um but i think it probably would be a little bit of a lift for like the average high schooler or maybe not i don't know i i i but i i tend to uh feel your way like i i was in college when i when i read it so i i think that was more or less the right time if you're going to read it for the first time that would be my first recommendation for like maybe that's when you're closest to ready for it i will say though our our high school reading list i don't think especially in texas at this point i don't think you could get away with that anymore because our reading list um we were we were to give the 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 people some context um at least in senior year uh depending on what teacher you had and whether or not you were in AP or not. So we'll just speak AP classes. Advanced placement, if you don't know. Uh, it's basically like pre-college classes. Um, there were... How our our teachers did it was there were these different... Um, there, were, there were the books. There were like four or five or six books. I don't remember exactly how many there were. And each one had a certain number of slots in it. And you had to sign up for the book you wanted. And if you missed your chance at signing up for the book you wanted, well, too bad, you got to sign up for one of the remaining ones. And I was one of the people that was too bad, you have to sign up for one of the remaining ones, because I think I wanted to do Catch-22. And so one of the remaining ones that I had to that I had to choose between, and I ended up choosing, was 1984. Which ends up, it ended up being, one, the only book that was assigned to me in high school that I actually finished. Well, no, no, it was one of two that was assigned to me in high school that I actually finished, the other being The Things They Carried back in junior year. Also one of my favorite books. That's a really, really good one. But I did 1984. I don't remember which one you did. I'm sure you do. Um, I, I know one, one book I did was The Sun Also Rises, which I, I enjoyed. Um, I don't remember if that was one of the ones from that one. The only ones I can remember, like I said, there were like four, five, or six, but the only ones I remember were Catch-22, 1984, and Brave New World. Did you... You and I, I think, did one, right? I, I don't remember. I'm trying to remember. Because I, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't do 1984. Then we didn't. I know that. Or I know, if we did, and it I was know, one of the ones I didn't read. I know, I know there was like two. We did it two years. There was like one time that we did it in the fall semester and then once in the spring semester. I don't remember. I only remember 1984 because, like I said, I didn't read anything else. I would, oddly enough, I would just stop reading it, like, the first day I started it. And it would end up being page 7 on every single book, just coincidentally enough. And then I would just go to Wikipedia and just read the plot synopsis and just go from there. Or just Google the Spark Notes because I don't know why I couldn't be bothered to read these books, despite the fact that they, they are good books. I just, I don't know, I guess it was the you can't tell me what to do kind of teenager mindset I was in, maybe. I, I don't know. That could have been something else, but I just I never did. And now, and now look at you. You're hosting a, a literature podcast. Yep. Did not finish To Kill a Mockingbird when we were reading it uh, for high school. Never finished it. I thought that was... I thought, well, maybe it was high school. I don't know. It's been it's been a while. I For some reason, I wanted to say that was 8th grade, but it, it might have been, been high school. Grade. It might have been 8th, been... it might have been ninth. I don't remember. Anyways, uh, The Stranger. I don't I don't know how I feel about this book so far, as a part one, to be honest. And I, I don't think it's bad. 
but I think it's weird. I, I think it's definitely, um, it could definitely be considered weird. I think it's, especially because, you know, this is not a, a genre that um, I personally have read, like, a, a good amount from. Um, I, I don't want to speak for you necessarily. I don't know if you've read much of it either. It's the, the, the philosophical novel. I don't think so. I'm I'm pretty lame. I would I would say regarding this book, it does tell a story, and it, it it is a quality work of literature. So what my following statement is not meant to denigrate it, but rather to provide context. It is the story is not beside the point, but the story exists to serve as like a. a I don't quite want to say parable, but it, it it's it's meant to to uh, what a conduit, a conduit kind of yeah I guess that's a good way to put it it's 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 just, it's basically meant as a conduit to sort of um, to show this this idea you know this this philosophy that of Camus of like the idea of the absurd of the absurdity of life that that kind of thing. Yeah, um, can I can I jump to the very end of part one real quick, just to say something? Sure, why not? Spoilers for the end of part one. Um, I have no idea why he shot the Arab man. I don't think he knows fully why he he murdered um, the Arab man. I think that's that's part of it. Yeah, did it ever say his name? Because I remember it was only just kind of referred to as uh, the Arab who was the the brother to the the girl that that guy was abusing and he was wearing blue coveralls um no and i think that's kind of there's a couple different ways to look at it i know uh, a few years ago um a companion piece to this book was released i believe by an algerian author called uh the mersault investigation which told kind of the story of the the murdered um, Arab man and and like his his life and his family, because I think some people can look at the fact that he is just described as like the Arab. Um, they could they could think that's kind of uh, dehumanizing and it, it it could speak to a certain um, Eurocentric uh, mindset of of the author Camus. And I, you know, I, I don't want to um, say that that's inherently wrong. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not sure that I would fully categorize it the same way. Because I, I think, I think the character of Mersault, um just views everything. Every he, you see in a, in a lot of the the people that he talks to, like um, the he doesn't really use their name except with the, with a few exceptions. But they they're like the director. The caretaker, the nurse. Um, that's not to say that I don't think that it was a good and worthwhile thing. Um, that you know, the, the, especially if they they found it was like a a, a good um, uh, artistic exercise to create that. But I do think that that is uh, that is something that is. Uh, I think that's that is a very fair perspective, and I think anybody that would be too harshly against that would would probably be. You know, I think they, they they ought to to consider that that perspective certainly. Yeah, 
I I don't also so it's 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 Marisol. That's how you say his name. Yeah. Well, I I think it's something like that. That's probably better than the way I pronounce. I just been saying Mersault, but I think the way you pronounced it is probably closer to accurate. Yeah, I know that there's some sort of like oh sound. I I don't speak French. I've never learned French. Uh. So I I am I'm probably the last person you want to ask on how to pronounce pronounce French words. But I know that there's that. There there's gonna be some 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 vowel modulation going on in in these words. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the thing, and it, um, there's it's also kind of complicated, maybe slightly, but by the fact that this takes place, and then um, during the French colonial occupation of uh, Algeria, um, and that that is another thing, and, th- and that's not to not to belabor the point there, but I think that is a, a, a another. Um, point that somebody that was that would uh, portray um this novel as having a maybe uh detrimentally eurocentric view towards you know some of the characters i think that that might be that could be something that you could point to as something that color colors um camus perspective uh camus himself um was a french algerian man um i think he w- i believe he was born in uh algeria but he he was um you know he was from he was the uh, the french colonist um extraction uh but yeah that's that's the thing is like there's there's this probably there's probably quite a few things that we are going to uh mispronounce so i suppose apologies in advance yeah uh that's just kind of the nature of the beast honestly we're not we're not learned men at least globally I I you know that yeah that's her so you know um I guess I guess we'll go and if you if you're ready we can go and dive into chapter one here yeah so this this whole funeral chapter because this first chapter is about his mom dying and him traveling to the to the countryside to to bury her ostensibly um, it's very weird, and for me, I, I guess I, I had my, you reading the prologue of Leviathan Wakes moment for this book mm-hmm. in, uh, in chapter one to where I was questioning if this was going to be a book for me. Mm-hmm. And once again, I don't think this book is bad. I think it's very weird. Because a lot of it, and I, I understand this is kind of stylistically the point, um, but it almost kind of feels like someone writing in their journal and them just kind of listing off, today I did this, and then I did this, and then I did this, and then I went here, and then I did this. And I understand it, it definitely does frame Marisol in, in a way that gives me an idea of his character, but I feel like the character that I get uh, a glimpse of in chapter one is a really bad representation of the kind of character he is. I feel like two through six do a better job than one does. And one kind of sets up this kind of negative connotation that does kind of get remedied later on. At least until he shoots the Arab man. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say I don't like chapter one. Because I don't not like it, 
but it's just, it's a very weird, almost trance-like, hazy fog of a chapter. I think, I don't think that that's um, unintended. I think that's, that's kind of how, how you're supposed to feel. Um, I think that's supposed to encapsulate kind of Mersault's perspective in that moment. And I think it gives you a, uh, a look into Mersault as the way he views the world. Um, I think it's, it's very, the first chapter is pretty important in understanding who he is as a character. You know, you know, it's the, the book starts out, uh, famously, Maman died today or yesterday, maybe, I don't know. I got a telegram from the home, mother deceased, funeral tomorrow, faithfully yours. That doesn't mean anything. Maybe it was yesterday. So I, you know, it's, 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 it kind of gives you like, there's like a little bit of confusion in there, right? You know, you're talking about like, was it yesterday? Was it today? What does that mean? You know, what, you know, that, that kind of thing. And it gives you like a, a very sort of like, he has a very. Um, to me, I don't want to say it's. Uh, go ahead. To me, it feels apathetic. I think that is intentional. That is certainly intentional. I would say, as we as we see during his, um, you know, he's he's kind of uh, as he's going through things. It's it's that's kind of how he presents, to, especially in his um, the way he interacts and the way he he comments on things. Uh, we we can kind of get into that I mean, as we as we go along uh, as we talk about the chapter. Um, so you know, as as you mentioned, he you know he or as I mentioned, I suppose uh, he the the opening of the book is him finding out that his mother has passed away, and uh, he's you know he's being summoned to go to you know to go to the vigil to go to the funeral that to to and to settle her affairs as you know that kind of thing. Um, she, she was a uh, a patient at a uh, at a at a nursing home at an old folks home, I suppose is what they called it at the time, in in Marengo, which is a like a, a small town, but anyway he goes to um, Marengo, and he's he's going on the bus, and like like Dusty mentions it it is kind of drowsy and trance like because he's talking about. Um, you know the heat of the bus the smell of the gasoline you know and how he was he essentially passed out as soon as he got onto the bus yeah it, um, it, it gave me a sense that he was a narcoleptic a narcoleptic person throughout <laughs> the entire chapter just for how often he was like i got tired and then i fell asleep i think that happens like three different times yeah one of them was just like in a chair and i'm just like man are you okay <laughs> I think well. I think that is um, that that is kind of a, a thing. Is like he is very um, as we see. We'll see through the book. He he has a very sense driven way of looking at the world. You know, if that makes sense. Like he, he his his mother dies, and he's going through the funeral procession, and instead of thinking about his mother, thinking of like the memories, the you know the the things that had passed between him and his mother he's not really thinking about those things he's just like man it is really hot as i'm <laughs> yeah 
you know it, it's just those kind of things like his his um perspective is very oriented to his uh senses and he seemingly has either a, no i don't want to say no internal life but he is like um i think his apathy you know is very the apathy creates this this wall and that that's why i think it can come off sometimes as as almost diary esque because it's like i went here and did this then i went there and did this because there's not a lot of his commentary on events he seems to mostly just accept things more or less at face value yeah and I don't know. I don't want to say that it kind of makes him come across as, like, sociopathic, but it definitely makes him feel like somebody who just is not quite ticking correctly. Like, I think his, his screws are a little loose in some facet. I don't... I, I think that is a fair interpretation of the character. I don't think... I don't think he is supposed to be viewed necessarily as a hero or a or, or, or like someone that you need to emulate per se. Yeah. I think he just exists as kind of like a symbol, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does take some sociopathy to just walk up and shoot some dude. So yeah, especially when he he has uh, ample opportunity to walk away and frankly has no reason to do to shoot him just whatsoever like there there is essentially no motive he just he just kind of does it that's the thing that just really kind of is my sticking point is, is as to the why it's just like the you you don't even what was the dude's name was it raymond yeah raymond was his friend that he was i feel he like, went to the beach with i feel like he didn't even like raymond he was just like because raymond's just like oh, i'm skipping ahead again but Raymond's just like, hey, you want to be my friend? Like, we should be friends. You want to be my friend? And he's just like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. He doesn't feel anything towards him. So why does he just decide, I'm going to go shoot this dude that wants to, at at the most, like, at the very least, beat up Raymond. At worst, kill Raymond. Which... I don't know. Once again, I'm jumping ahead. We we can get more into this in in a bit, but I I don't know. Marisolin just is. I I don't I don't know. He's such a weird character, and his 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 lethargy throughout the first chapter. Like I said, it kind of paints a bad tone for him. Yeah, uh, that, 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 I think that's a, a fair interpretation. Um. So. He he, uh, he arrives at the uh, at the at the old person's home, and he meets the director, and there's kind of a little bit of a back and forth where um, where Mersault is kind of being assured by the the director that you know he did not he wasn't wrong to send his mother uh, to the old person's home, and I, I feel like that is a pretty like a a, a stock thing i think i think a lot of people that are in those scenarios there's a lot of especially when the uh the the patient in question passes on i'm sure there's a lot of feelings of what could i have done differently and a lot of feelings of guilt so i think the um 
director is trying to assuage those feelings, but as we see through Mersault's perspective, Mersault himself doesn't seem to have any um, real feelings on the matter. You know, he's just... Um, you know, he's like, after after he's finished up, you know, and he's talking about, um, he, he was telling her how much she enjoyed his life here, or her life at the old person's home. He says, the director spoke to me again, but I really wasn't listening anymore. You know, like what he, he a, just, dick. I think there is, I, you know, I think that is, um, that is a, a way that you could, uh, definitely perceive the character. I, I, I would... I've I've been told that the, I think by you know I've been I've seen people talk about this book and people say that not that his actions are defensible per se, defensible per se but I think that people a lot of people say that if you're getting mad at Mersault that's it's almost beside the point but I I think it's it's okay to have like a certain like dislike of Mersault. I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I, but I think I think it's just you the the what they're what the whole point of that is is if if you just entirely shut yourself off to him as a person, you kind of can lose what the novel is trying to tell you. So I, I do kind of try to keep it that perspective, even though um broadly speaking I would say I, I do not find Mersault to be a particularly uh sympathetic or likable character in, in in and of himself. Yeah, I mean I'm 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 playing it up a bit. He really isn't like this dastardly diabolical horrible human being, but he he definitely does feel unsympathetic at the very least, at least at times. He definitely has some some human emotions, but then he tends to just immediately kind of throw those away when somebody asks him how he's feeling. Which kind of makes me makes me wonder a little bit about Mersault. Like, what what are the the um, the the life experiences um, or brain formations that that lead to Mersault as he is necessarily? I mean, I I, I imagine someone would argue. How, any all those things are beside the point, um, and that that the whole point of the novel is that life is in of itself um, absurd. Mm-hmm. But I, I do th- I do think that there is a um, a certain um, when you when you see Mersault and you see I, I I don't think that that his way of life is particularly a fulfilling way to go through the world. I think that would be. Um, painful in its own way, I suppose I would say. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the, the the director, you know, he's so anyway, he's he's uh he's kind of trying to console Mersault, and then he's uh he asks if he wants to see um see his mother one last time, and so that he he's taken over to the mortuary, and uh, Mersault is looking, and he sees that the coffin has already pretty much been sealed because um, you know it, it, it gets quite hot in Algeria so I imagine those things that, that you have to act, you have to move pretty quickly um, just a biological reality and um, so the caretaker comes in and he offers to open the casket 
and uh, essentially Mersault is like, nah, it's okay. Don't don't worry about it. Um, and so from there, you know, he's he's uh, he's just kind of sitting there, and um, but he's kind of finds, but he he's just standing in the room, and the caretaker doesn't leave. And so he says, having this presence breathing down my neck was starting to annoy me. The room was filled with a beautiful late afternoon sunlight. Two hornets were buzzing against the glass roof. I could feel myself getting sleepy. <laughs> so that, there we go. That's the that's that's a, a soporific uh, mersault there. But um, that that's kind of the thing is he's just he he the the guy is intending, I believe, to be. Um, to provide some sort of support, some sort of sympathy, and he's just kind of blowing him off. Um, they, but they, they do talk a little bit, uh, and then they're just kind of, we hear a little bit about uh, the, the life of the caretaker, who, who, who basically, it's mostly the, um, the, the, the caretaker that is mostly doing the talking, and Mersal is just kind of, sort of passively, um, passing along what he has said not n without much um reflection or commentary on that yeah he he's just kind of a he's not really a conversationalist no and most of his things are like yes no i'm not sure that kind of thing he's like mm -hmm. he's like a, a magic eight ball mersal <laughs> <laughs> how are you feeling today mersal Try again later. <laughs> uh, or later so, on anyway, when Marie <laughs> asks to... If, do you want to marry me? Ask again later. <laughs> then shake it. Yes. <laughs> He's like, eh, why not? Um, at, at one point... Um, uh, so then the next... They, 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 uh, they have the vigil. And um, he's in the vigil. And there's... He's uh, again dozing off. As I'm flipping on, flipping through the book, and I'm seeing these, you know, the things. I'm I'm seeing there's like a lot of uh, dozing off and falling asleep and that kind of thing. And he's he he kind of is looking at the the the, the mourners who are there to mourn his mother, and he doesn't really interact with them, but he uh, he does look at them and and he does think about them, and it's 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 not exactly. Um, Flattering. He's he's th saying all things. He's saying things like, um, uh, "Their their eyes were the super women beady." Were wearing, yeah, yeah. He's just saying like the their eyes are beady, they're fat, or they're too skinny and they have canes. You know that that kind of they have toothless mouths. It's, it's just it's it's a very, you know, instead of coming together, you know, to celebrate the life of his his mother, who obviously she had friends, you know, and other people that cared about her and these are people that he could I'm sure you know would be most people would find it helpful to sort of process these kind of emotions um, but he, he does not really avail himself of that he just kind of he's just like yeah okay whatever and then he's like you know the, we sat like that for just a while the, women, the woman's sighs were and sobs were quieting down she sniffled a lot then finally shut up you know, it just, it just, I don't mean to beat a, beat, beat a uh, dead horse here, but like, that's just, that's just what we're supposed to be understanding. I think this is a good way to like, categorize him as someone that is, um, 
has a very harsh, you know, and and um, outlook on on the world. Anyway, I, to, so they they the next day they take him they they have the uh, the funeral procession, and it's it's pretty it's pretty slow. Um, they're as they're walking there, one of the undertaker's assistants. I I, I remember um, asked Mersault how old his mother was or if his mother was old, something like that, and. Um, he doesn't really seem to know her age, so he's kind of like I don't, you know. So it's just kind of it's it's an interesting, it's another kind of interesting thing there. And as they're walking, um, he he realized uh, that this this person that was supposed that was following the funeral, a Mister um, Perez, uh, he was I think he he had some sort of uh, romantic relationship with his mother. Um, and he just kind of observes him from a distance as, you know, he's an older man and he's struggling to keep up with the, um, with the procession. Uh, and he's, he's, he's kind of, uh, he's struggling and it says, uh, big tears of frustration and exhaustion were streaming down his cheeks, but because of all his wrinkles, they really weren't dripping off. They spread out and ran together again, leaving a watery film over his ruined face. Um... Then there was the church and the villagers on the sidewalk, the red geraniums on the graves in the cemetery. Perez fainting, he crumbled like a rag doll. The blood-red earth spilling over Maman's casket, the white flesh of the roots mixed in with it. More people, voices, the village, waiting in front of the cafe, the incessant drone of the motor, and my joy when the bus entered the nest of lights that was Algiers, and I knew I was going to sleep for 12 hours. Yeah. And so that's really the his reflection. He not not a lot about his mother, um, mostly about just like uh, just pictures, snapshots of things that happened, um, often rendered in an unfavorable light. And uh, yeah, basically just just him, you know, his his view of the world being very um, sensate, very um, driven by his own perceptions. Not so much by any kind of uh, thought. Yeah. And I do feel like another thing that's pretty telling is in the next chapter, he realizes that after he wakes up the next day, it's actually Saturday. So he has the weekend. And he's just like, nice. It's the weekend. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, what does one do in the weekend when... um when you've just buried your mother well obviously you go to the beach and you uh you uh rekindle a relationship with a former from a that you had with a former co-worker um so he goes down to the beach and he runs into marie and she's one of the uh the few major characters i would say like and i and i don't necessarily mean that in a negative sense it's just like she is in the story and but it's 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 unlike unlike most characters who just receive some sort of um name that is descriptive of them in some way the caretaker the director etc she is marie so it's one of the easier characters to keep track of uh anyway so she she had worked with marcel a, uh, a while ago and when he he runs into her 
he doesn't really describe how or why he, he you know you know how they they happen to run into to each other but he just says that he did and he kind of like like helps her into a float and you know they're as they're kind of um as they they do that there's it's sort of um sort of a sensual thing because they're you know they're brushing against each other and they're you know they're they're in close proximity and they're kind of like you know touching you know each other and it's creating this very um i guess charged vibe between the two of them and again he almost falls asleep <laughs> and uh, so so that they, they they agree to uh to see each other to uh, further and to to go to see a movie um she actually notices because uh, he was wearing a black tie I think when they were going to their date and uh, she asked you know if he was mourning someone and then he told he tells her that his mother had died and uh, when she she wants to know when when um, she had passed away he's like yesterday and then let me see if I can find it she gave a little start but didn't say anything I felt like telling her it wasn't my fault but I stopped myself because I remembered I'd already said that to my boss. And that's another thing um, that we see with Mersault. That he, he has a certain view of the world where he is... Um, it, it does kind of remind me a little bit of like like a, a young child, per se. You know, when they're earlier on in their like development of their like moral... I guess it's not just children. There's a lot of people that never escape this um, phase. But their 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 primary his primary motivation seems to be avoiding blame for actions because he's he's like he's just he's he's constantly driven by this urge to um, to justify himself in that regard. So. They 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 uh they go to the movie you know it's it, it continues to have a very um takes on a very um a, a physical and sort of uh sensual aspect and you you will you will notice very quickly as you read about Marie I think that that he has a very um limited understanding of her as a person uh, and you and you can see this because there is not a lot of discussion about her as a person they're like much like i said earlier he barely even remembers you know he just mentions oh yeah and i was at the beach and i saw marie there like there's not a lot of color to uh marie except for the descriptions of of her body and of how you know you know being with her either you know sexually or you know in a, in a uh, like a physical close physical proximity yeah, and so they, she, go ahead. Uh, she kind of feels like an object. I think that is intentional. I think we are supposed to understand that he is objectifying her. I think he, yeah. So that that's basically it uh, for there. He's just kind of, he just kind of wanders around the rest, the rest of the chapter, just kind of like noticing things, but not things that I would regard of great consequence. It's just, it just further um solidification of who he is as a character yeah it's it's all it's all very mundane to say the least we're we're kind of watching a play-by-play of this guy's life day after day 
Yeah, it's it's um, and it's it's not a particularly remarkable recounting of events either. It's like literally just you would not know like if you just picked it up there, you would not know anything like significant had happened in this guy's life, maybe ever. Yeah, if I remember correctly, on Sunday after she leaves that next morning after staying the night with him, he spends the entire day just sitting at and staring out the window or something like that. That's pretty much it. He just stares out the window and notices things and people and like that that kind of stuff. That's just and he so like weird. goes to a restaurant or something. No, he decides not to go to the restaurant or am I I might be mixing up another thing. No, no, I think Oh, you're he, right. I think he might go down and buy like for dinner and he like buys he buys stuff to make like spaghetti or something. But, like, for all intents and purposes, he's just staring at the window, sitting in his chair, he's straddling his chair, and just watching people come and go until it's nighttime, and he's like, well, time for bed. What a boring and day. I think, I think that is intentional. I think, I believe that is to to sort of um, give a a look at the world. It's like, yes, his mother did did pass away um but you know it's it's his his detached nature sort of gives him instead of instead of like really ruminating on that and the meaning of of her life and their relationship and all those kind of things life is just basically carrying on for him it's like he he just he sees the world like in in a in a macro sense you know he is like uh, you know, life goes on, you know, that kind of thing, which is obviously a cruel and cold thing that someone would do in, in, in the microcosm, like in his case. But it is, um, it, there is a certain veracity in the fact that, you know, obviously every day is somebody, the worst day of somebody's life. And yet, you know, generally speaking, the world continues to carry on, uh, around them. You know, I think, I think that's, what we're supposed to take from all that and he's just like speaking from that vantage point essentially mm-hmm. yeah um uh, i feel like there's not a huge huge amount that's worth delving into as he talks about his kind of day-to-day work life i i think the more important things to take away from the next couple bits are his interactions with his neighbors yes so there's, um, oh God, what's his name? The guy with the dog. Salamano. Yeah, Salamano. This dude sucks. This dude straight up sucks. Oh yeah, yeah. He's 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 terrible. Um, Salamano is this old reprobate that lives next to um, li- lives next to uh, Mersault. Um, his his primary. Uh, thing that you know about him is his relationship to his dog who is this um poor poor little thing that's suffering from mange you know and is just like clearly not you know clearly going through a very a, a lot of suffering just from their it's his physical standpoint but also because this this hideous old man is basically as he walks the dog he's always like he's constantly beating it and, and and yelling at it so it's just this this dog is living a very miserable life and i i just want 
to to hold that in your thoughts just for a second because I'd I'd like to uh, make a comparison with him and his other neighbor uh, Raymond Sintes is apparently his name I just I don't know where that is maybe that's described later but uh, his name is Raymond um, Raymond also sucks yeah he's he's pretty terrible he he's described as um, he he describes himself as a warehouse guard but he is but uh, the neighbors describe him as quote living off of women um, I'm not quite sure I understand the full like uh, veracity of what that necessarily means I the way I took it was he was one of those kind of guys that you know they get into a relationship with a woman and is always constantly asking like them to bar you know they, they um, come on strong they're very uh, like emotionally manipulative to make them feel the these women feel loved and valued and part of their life and then for will from there um like extract money from them you know like they're asking them you know to loan him money constantly i don't know if that's necessarily what was meant but that was kind of my perception and it was kind of borne out by the fact that he is uh as we will see a, a fairly manipulative person yeah which he certainly is that at least to the extent of him being manipulative but it seems like it's more kind of the other way into that he, because he, he talks about the the woman that he's dating, the uh, the woman who whose brother is the uh, aforementioned Arab man, and he's talking about how he he gives he pays her rent, which is like three hundred francs, and then he gives her twenty francs a day, but then he'll also occasionally buy her stuff on the side, so he ends up spending like a thousand francs on her a year, or sorry, a month rather, and. I mean, I, I, I'm more inclined to believe the warehouse guard thing because you can't just kind of hand out. I don't know how much a thousand francs is, especially comparatively in that time uh, at the at that time period. But I feel like you can't just kind of hand out that kind of money without having some form of income. So I, I think there's I there's something I don't know. The the there may be something that we're missing. But the, the the living off of women is a comment that is made that kind of sticks in my mind. So I think that that, however that is actually meant, maybe that has something to do with what he's part of how he derives his income. Yeah. Um, anyway, he he's uh, he essentially uh, he runs into Mersault and he's asking him for for some you know he wants to talk to him. And he's asking Mersault whether he wants to be... Um, I believe the word he uses is pals. And um, Mersault is just like, yeah, sure, okay, yeah, whatever. And he, you know, in, in his Mersault way. And um, Raymond essentially gives Mersault this account um, of him suspecting that the, the woman that he's seeing, his girlfriend, was cheating on him. So um, he, he beat her and... Uh, at, at that point, she she chose to leave him. Um, at some point later, when Raymond was riding a bus, um, he gets into an altercation. I guess he sees a guy on the street who's yelling at him, uh, and this is the um, the Arab man. And um, so he gets into a fight with him, and then he you know he he beats him up in the street, and then they kind of go their separate ways. Um, that was the so, Arab man. I, I think so. I, I mean, that was her brother. Her brother, I believe, was was also an Arab. 
I, I didn't I didn't remember him being even introduced until after the incident with the police, but I, I could be remembering wrong. It does kind of blend together a bit. Yeah, and, and uh, for context also, she is also um, an Arab woman. They, they mentioned... Um, yeah, they said his, she's Moorish. Yeah, so they, uh, they, his, he wants to, um, create a, uh, he wants to write a letter to sort of, um, he's trying to Dennis system her, almost. He's, he's trying to, uh, so he's trying to write her a letter to sort of, like, make her feel guilty, um, because he's, he's, he believes that he cheated, or she cheated on him. She, he wants to manipulate her into, um, to, to coming back to him, and then, you know, he plans on, um, you know, uh, beating her again after after performing some sort of sexual humiliation, um, and and this is this is yet another reason why Mersault does not um, strike quite a sympathetic figure to me. Uh, Mersault, without really much reflection, is like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, he 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 goes along with it, and uh, he helps him concoct this um, this letter. And so, uh, you know, he's, he says that, you know, he, after he, you know, he looks at the letter, he's like, okay, now, now we're, we're pals. And Mersault, um, as, as, uh, as ever is like, I don't care one way or the other. I don't mind that we are friends essentially. Yeah. And, um, you know, as the chapter ends, you know, we are, you know, we are, we are, um, you know, he hears the sound of the, of, a. the poor dog, Salamano's dog, crying. So I think that's one of the. This is like. This this whole this chapter this first well not first chapter I guess this is chapter three is it's it's a little bit about abuse and it's about abusers, you know. You know we see the behavior of uh, Salamano. You know he's he's this tyrant. He's just he's this little you know this this little old man who doesn't have a lot going for his life he's you know he's he is in great um suffering too as they they allege they say he's he's also he doesn't have uh mange per se but he does have some sort of skin condition as well and so he's probably living in a, a very marginal life and he's taking out um his anger and frustrations and you know he terrorizes this poor dog you know that i think that is also contrasted with uh with Raymond, who is, you know, he he he's uh, he's abusive to to uh, to the, the his romantic partner, this woman, and probably other partners before her, you know, and so that it's just, I think this is kind of like setting up this. It's kind of a rumination about the kind of people that are abusers. Yeah, and I feel like one of the things that just doesn't sit well with me is how much of it is kind of played off as either something to laugh at or something to just kind of be like, well, that's just how things are. I don't really... Like, people aren't really shocked or even... They, they don't even care. It's like, ah, yeah, this 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 dude beats his dog. That's just... That's just... that's That's their dynamic. That's just how they are. And it's like, no, that's not... That's horrible. Yeah. And we do get some form of societal kickback 
when Raymond's plan kind of comes to action, where he the letter that uh, Marisol wrote for him, uh, for the girl, and I guess they that his his the punishment she deserves plan goes off without a hitch as he sees it, and uh, Marie and uh, Marisol hear hear her just getting the shit beat out of her, and the thing that kind of strikes me is just another another tick on the the damnation of of Marisol is she's like oh my god we need to you should call the cops this is not okay and his response is i don't like cops and that's it that's the end of it and it's like uh, you know i can understand having some misgivings and mistrust towards law enforcement because you know there's a lot of cases where that's very warranted but in a situation like this I, I I don't know why you you think, think it's better. I think your primary responsibility is to make sure make it stop. Yeah, know, and irrespective of your feelings. Yeah, and I feel like the the best way to do that is to have a person of at least some sort of perceived authority to handle it, which the cops do eventually, or a cop eventually comes. And I I found it a little a little gratifying that he slapped Raymond around a little bit and was like, "You don't talk to police this way," but. That ends up going nowhere because good old uh, Saint Marceau comes in as a character witness, witness for Raymond and is like, yeah, but she was cheating on him. And I guess that makes everything okay because if a woman cheats on a man, which granted is morally wrong, but does not mean she should have the shit beat out of her. But I guess in this story and with, with, with this this kind of body of people... No, that's totally fine. Oh, she got what she deserved, so we're not going to be... She cheated on him? I'll release him. He's an upstanding man who just had to protect his pride. It's it's so... It's 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 so messed up, though. The kind of, the morality of of this this world... And it's it's our world. Let's not pretend that this is some sort of fictional universe. This is supposed to be some sort of mirror of reality. It's just... It's so messed up, and it's... It's such a, I don't want to say disgusting thing to read, but it's it's a very, like, <sighs> unsettling. It is ugly in a lot of ways. Yeah. The it fact is very that, ugly. The fact that, that this woman could be treated this way and Raymond gets off scot-free because some dude that lives downstairs from him says, yeah, she's a cheater. It's just, that's just, that's not okay. But I guess that's just how things were because... I mean, let, let's be let's be honest here. History is pretty misogynistic. I I I, I agree. Um, so I the this context that I'm going to be providing here is not in any any way to to condone you know what's happened, but just to give you kind of a a look at you know part of like why they're able to rationalize as they do. Um, this this book was written um, during the the. Uh, the Nazi collaboration government um, of the the Vichy France, which you know obviously adds an extra layer of like, uh, you know, like a like a, a very disgusting, you know, society, you know, and any kind of Nazi or Nazi aligned um, system is going to be you know thoroughly not not just misogynistic but just fully just hideous and repellent. But even prior to um, the assumption of 
of power by these Nazi-aligned elements in France. Um, you know, this we have to l- reckon with that. Like, this is a colonial power. You know, France. Um, the woman is um, is an Arab. The man is is a is a white Frenchman. So, you know, she is. She is a, you know, she is those those kind of people, you know, are 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 ripe for abuse because the system, you know, particularly as it regards as it regards women, but particularly of these uh, subjugated people, you know, they are they are dehumanized, and so therefore it is a lot easier to for for an abuser to to get away with their um their their predations on these women and and also kind of not 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 again not to draw a false equivalency per se but it's that's it's similar to the dog you know the dog is just a dog to you know as people look at it you know it's obviously this dog is going through great suffering but people are you know able to and and obviously the this man um Salomano is is extremely cruel to this dog, and uh, but people you know are just able to rationalize it because of their worldview. It's like that's eh, that's just what how it is, you know. Just like somebody you know is that that's just that's just kind of my take on that. Um, fortunately, I would say for the dog, um, the dog does manage to get away during a, a walk. This is one of the few. Um, few good um things that happen i would say so far in the novel is that the dog manages manages to escape from his abusive owner um i hope it lives a uh, a better life moving forward but i don't know people were not exactly didn't have a uh, particularly enlightened views of animals at the time as as we mentioned so i guess we'll see but the the old man he kind of he has like this um this breakdown you know he's he's kind of like he's he seems he 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 tries to appear distraught and maybe he part of him is distraught at the idea of losing the dog and uh they he's talking to mersault and he's like you know what's going to happen to the dog and he's mersault's like well probably you know he'll he's either around here or he's probably in the pound and he's asking about um the uh the you know how you know how we could get the dog from the pound like what what you know the policies of the pound and that kind of thing um and he's all he's all distraught and and torn up seemingly torn up about it emotionally but i do not necessarily view that as sincere per se i think the way he is the reason he is torn up about it is because without the dog there is now nothing that he really controls anymore. The dog was basically the one thing he could control and abuse. Without the the the, the dog now gone, he is now just this fully disempowered, pathetic old man. You know that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, so I guess that's that's where where does that get us? I think that's the first four chapters, isn't it? Yeah, I think I, I think the only thing we really have left to cover is the um, 
the beach, the 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 beach house with um, what's his name, Masson. Yeah. Uh, oh, last last little quick thing, that um, okay. So so essentially, just quick notes before we go to the beach. Um, Mersault is is kind of uh, uh, he's he's asked, or uh, as essentially two things are you know uh, offered to him. He's he's offered a promotion, which he in his typical Mersault way is like, eh, I don't care, and so his his so his boss is, gets kind of mad at him for that which is neither necessarily here nor there but it does kind of show you know another incident of him just not having um any kind of real internal uh drive or any kind of i don't know it's just it's just another incident of of showing his his sort of apathy because i mean i think that would be a great uh, with the promotion he would be given an opportunity to move to paris which you know maybe that's not for everyone but I would, I would think um, it would be a nice thing, particularly for a lot of people that have to live in a very, um, you know, the, the, I, I don't know. I would have considered it, I think a lot of people in Mersault's position would have considered it a very good thing. A chance to have a new start, you know, after the loss of his mother. A chance to live in, a, you know, an exciting, um, you know, one of the world important uh, cities in the world i think a lot of people would have been excited about that but and i think the the boss was a little bit offended um by uh, how blasé uh Mersault was about that but more importantly um marie uh asks Mersault to marry him and uh he agrees because uh old old uh magic eight ball Mersault, you know it was just like yeah okay yeah, he does. He doesn't really. Um, he agrees to marry her, but she. But what's what's interesting to me about her, and this is something that I kind of wish I could um, have a little bit more more uh, context for, because Mersault does not see fit to categorize Marie um, beyond how he engages with her physically for the most part um i i don't understand fully what she what she finds so um interesting about mersault and it, it it leads me to believe that perhaps there is there is something um that is maybe broken in her as well she's you know she's attracted to this man that is entirely withholding i would say um you know, from an emotional perspective. So she asks him if he loves her. He's like, um, I don't think that I do. I don't think it's kind of meaningless. Um, so I probably don't. But she she, and he, she decides she wants to marry him anyway. So, you know, I guess, you know, guys, there's there really is someone for everybody. I, um, I guess so. Uh see and then uh, oh, Salomano this just this this last thing that I, I found kind of interesting Salomano you know as he's as he's going home this is the day before they go to the beach Salomano says that um, he he tries to give like this categorization or talks about his relationship with the dog and and all of that how the, what that what what the dog meant to him and you know how he bought it after you know his wife passed away 
and all that all that kind of stuff and i i think a lot of it is to me um as as with the the incident of seeing raymond kind of getting slapped around and getting he he's 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 a big tough guy when it comes to beating up his uh his ex but when it comes to when he's confronted by someone with power he becomes this this sort of meek uh person um you know and and it, i think that the the we see salomano here in in a similar light where he's like he's like you know I really did love that dog and blah 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 and you know I I bought it because it, you know from because my wife had passed away and it's 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 a lot of um, self justification and what really sent me down that road is because he mentions to Mersault he's like hey I know everybody in the 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 neighborhood said bad things about you for for um, sending your mother to the the nursing home but I know you really did love her you know and it's just kind of like i feel like that is kind of a a cope you know he's like because i think he knows how he was perceived in the neighborhood as i mean while nobody did anything about it because you know c'est la vie to use their term you know they they uh i think he was aware that people view look down on him for you know dragging that poor dog all over the road and beating it and screaming at it i think it's it's his way it's and this is something that i think that happens in the book at various times is like this idea of people projecting especially because mersault is such a blank slate their feelings their perceptions their guilt on him you know yeah which i don't think anybody should be necessarily criticized for feeling that they need to put uh, a parent in a in a nursing home which i his his justification for it was she seemed to be pretty bored and he could he just could not financially keep up with the two of them and that's that's understandable to be honest i don't think he should be he should be faulted for that i i i tend to agree um and also, there's there's just a level of care that they can, you know, at least potentially receive because they're you know trained medical professionals, and and you're just you know one person without often without training, just kind of doing your best. But that's that's not, I don't necessarily mean to impute a moral judgment on on Mersault. I just mean it in, I I mean I, I'm sure especially at the time when such a thing was probably a pretty new concept. A lot of people probably look down on it, and so I think I think that um, the Salomonos thing there was not uh, yeah I, I don't I don't believe that necessarily Camus is supposed to or is is wanting us to take away Mersault is bad because he you know he put his his mother in the nursing home I, I don't think that that is I think if if it is it is one of the the lesser of the crimes of Mersault yeah definitely for sure um and so finally this is the the last um the last little bit here the the uh the beach incident so raymond invited uh Marcel and maria marie to um his friend maison uh who has a beach house out on the beach and since marie and Marcel are just avid beach goers it's like yeah sure okay whatever um dude's got like a pretty nice 
a nice little summer home that him and his wife stay in basically every day he's not working and they have more fun on the beach and all this other stuff um well it, it is important to actually say that raymond does tell Marcel that uh there are a group of uh arab men following him and one of them is his girlfriend's brother and when they go to go catch the bus to head to the beach they are standing outside their apartment building staring in their direction so that's kind of a, a prelude of of the disaster so to say so they have they're having their fun on the beach and the three men decide to take a walk and there they run into the three arab men or sorry no they run into two arab men rather and the plan is raymond's gonna take one uh Masson's gonna take the other and Mer- uh, is gonna hang back and if a third one pops up that's his man so they fight uh the brother pulls out a knife slashes open raymond's arm and mouth and then they retreat so he has to get medical attention the they head back the women are all shaken up about it because oh man this was a big deal uh raymond comes back he's all irritated so he decides to go on a walk he doesn't want anyone to come with him but uh Marisol does anyways uh and then they find the two uh arab men once again and raymond has a gun on him and Marisol is trying to tell him uh don't don't shoot him unless you, basically you have a you have an actual reason to don't just shoot him in cold blood because that's not that's you can't really defend that which is 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 crazy because that is the only time Mersault offers anything even approaching some sort of moral judgment on anything. Yeah, and they just he ends up getting the gun from Raymond and they just leave, right? Yeah, essentially they like they they get the gun and then the the fight kind of uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, they leave, I think, though, the two Arab men. They, just, they, they just, see the they gun just and they essentially leave. just... Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, so they go back, and for some reason, the idea of facing the women is just too much for Marisol, but also the the blaring heat is too much for him, so he kind of puts himself in this, this kind of rock-in-a-hard-place situation, so he just suddenly finds himself wandering. He wanders back to the spot where they found the uh, the two Arab men, and the brother is there by himself, and they notice each other, and Marisol still has the gun on him, and he approaches him. The dude pulls out the knife, you know, because he's like, hey, what are you doing? And essentially, I'm going to call it heat hysteria takes over Marisol, and he shoots him like five times, and that is the end of part one. Yeah, so that that is a, it's it's a very, um, especially for the first time you read it, it's it's a very shocking conclusion to part one, because, you know, obviously we we see Mersault um, as this very, um, I guess a good way to put it would be an amoral kind of guy, but it's. Like, largely things have gone in a very um, mundane, you know, things that I think he's lived a very mundane sort of existence. So, like, this kind of, like, catapults the narrative. And I think um, my memories of the the second half, and we'll we'll see in in subsequent week, 
Um, you know, I, it just it, what happens. You know, putting putting this um, you know strange and apathetic person you know into this into this uh, the nexus of of all these questions of of why he did it of you know, of the criminal justice system you know of of the nature of of life and death that that kind of thing yeah and i i really am like i said before i really am just kind of left scratching my head at this like i i hope that we get at least some depth of the mind of marisol by the end of this because i i just i can't i can't put together what exactly caused him to just suddenly decide yeah i'm gonna shoot this dude when he had no real reason to in the first place. I almost wonder if it's, you know, the, they call it, I, I know a common term for it is the stare into the void where you, you think of something. It's almost like your brain testing you like testing your morals or where you stand, where you will like, like, for example, you'll be driving and you just have the thought, I'm gonna like I could swerve into the other lane right now, you know something like that. <laughs> the it, call of the void. The I call of the void. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. The call of the void. I'm I'm almost wondering if it's a situation to where Marisol had the call into the void and he answered it. Uh, you know, it's it's. I think that that is kind of a fair thing. It's just, you know, you, even before to stay, he's talking about. Um, Okay, here we go. Uh, the sun glinted off of Raymond's gun as he handed. Oh, the sun. Oh, that's that's a little earlier. But okay, here's 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 the uh, I, what I find to be a crucial line. It was then that I realized you could either shoot or not shoot. I think that's kind of a that is kind of a, that is very um, indicative of of uh Mersault's thinking you know in, in this time it's like there's not a lot of judgment or weight it's like essentially um he's just he just views them as essentially equivalent you know he's it's not like uh, another person might say to to kill a kill a man or to murder a man or not and then but he's like shoot or not shoot he just he cuts it down he he removes it from a a um, a, a moral uh, framework and puts it into a very um, I don't know how to put it fully. It's just like is this a very mechanical like A or B? You know? Yeah, he's a very he's a very binary thinker. To stay or go, it amounted to the same thing. You know, that's I think that's another very. Um, it's it's very uh, relevant to his thinking at the time, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like he's a, he's a very binary thinker. Like everything has to boil down to, uh, we should get married or we should not get married. I should go and bury my mother or I should not. And it, it's it all of these things. It it's like he just kind of it it like I I think mechanical like you said is is a very a uh, very good way of putting it. He's just—he's a very—I I do think sociopath is maybe the best way to describe him. Yeah, it's. Um, 
I think that's that'd be interesting. I th- I don't know that there can be a, a fully answer that will fully satisfy or can fully satisfy like why he did this because I think that is part of the thesis I would say of of the novel is that the sort of um, absurdity and uh, cruelty of life and the banality of of you know the things that happen to us you know and the, the things we do you know it's like it's it is all so much um dust in the wind it's just another drop in the ocean you know that kind of thing yeah it's a very very kind of uh universal outlook on on life itself mm-hmm. we are but ants to the grand scale of the universe as a whole i think i think that um is kind of at least if Mersault wouldn't put it in those terms, because I don't think he's given like too deep thought, you know, but I think that's kind of how he views it is like, whatever I choose, it amounts to the same. Absolutely nothing to quote, um, the cures song, um, the musical adaptation of this book. Oh, um, interesting. Which it, it's, it's, it's actually quite a good song. Um, it was uh, a little bit considered that the title it was given was a little bit considered pretty controversial. Um, kill, it was called Killing an Arab. Um, huh. And that was led to a, a, a lot of uh, controversy. Not, not again, much like how I felt about, you know, the the colonial aspect, you know, and the, the post-colonial reinterpretations of this. Not necessarily wrong, but, you know, I think I think I think they're. There's there is a very um, there's a, there's something to be said certainly for how they feel about it. So it's actually they still perform it, but I, they they haven't released it on any of their re-releases of their albums. But these they these days they prefer perform it um, as killing another. They instead of singing killing an Arab, they say killing another. Yeah, that's. I, I feel like that's in a situation where you gotta you gotta understand that context is important. Because I don't think yeah, there's I mean, knowing knowing the, the 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 basis of where that comes from, that title isn't as controversial as it should be. At least I feel. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I understand um, where the critique is, I, and I, I and especially, you know, as as time has gone on, I I I, I can understand the critique, but I, I would say that I do not feel that. There was any negative feeling or intent um, on on the the part of the cure, but anyway, it's it's a pretty good song, you know. I, I this is it's actually um, speaking for me because I was uh, I was a, a a young a young guy, you know, teenager, early twenties guy, you know, getting into the cure, and um, I, I heard a, I heard the song, and I was you know I was that was starting to also get into like the idea of like you know absurdism and philosophy in general and existentialism so that that was actually was the actually the initial push for me to read this novel the first time was hearing that song I was like oh yeah that that the the novel um the stranger i need to i need to read it someday and uh now here i am uh eight to ten years on sometime in the future discussing it on a podcast yeah, that's uh, that's the the weird 
way that life goes. The turns of fate. Yep. But anyway, I would like to thank everybody for listening to part one of The Stranger. Um, I, you know, I look forward to uh, seeing you all for part two. Yep, this will be a two-parter. We are halfway through the book. This is a very short book. Would, would you say it's more of a novella, or would you say that it does hit the novel uh, minimum? I think it's pretty close, but I mean, I, I, I wouldn't bite your head off for calling it one or the other. I, I would lean more towards novella, but like I said, it's I think it's it's pretty close. Yeah, but my, my... I, I I think it's it's not a bad uh, it's it's pretty short. So it's it's an, we've been reading some pretty lengthy books, so it's it's good um, good pace breaker. It's definitely going to bring down our average or bring up uh, in terms of the average number of books completed. That too, yes. Um... Yeah, my, my copy, which I, I got from my local library, uh, support your local libraries, everybody. They're awesome. Uh, mine is, it's 123 pages, so it's it's real short. Yeah, mine is, we have the same translation, so mine is the same, pretty much the same number of pages. Yeah. Yeah, one, it ends on 123. I, I am, I'm curious to see how this goes. Um, as, as I said, I don't know how I feel about this book yet. I, I definitely think I need the context of part two before I can definitively go one way or the other on it. As it stands right now, it's a book that I think that it's good that I've read so far, but it's not one that I think I would go as far as to say I would love, let alone like. That's fair. I think as long as you take something from it, <laughs> I think that's that's what's important yeah and that doesn't now what you take from it is is subjective and depends on you but i think that's that's probably and i I feel like camus would feel similarly that that is more important than any sort of uh direct enjoyment or non-enjoyment thereof yeah and i do think that its length does give it some some more favorability in that regard because it, it it is a relatively short novel and even if you don't get much out of it or that you, you don't really enjoy it too much it's if you really sit down and and it's it's a half an a, it's a half an afternoon read it really is like a 2 3 hour read if you really just sit down and bust it out so you're not really losing a lot yeah yeah i think that's... i think that'll get us uh for today um thank you everybody for joining us and uh look forward to uh catching part 2 next time yep see you next time